0: Thank you Pastor, everybody say praise the Lord, amen, thank you choir, that was awesome I, I can get, I can kind of get with those songs, Those there's a lot of them churches I go to that I can't, I don't even know what they're saying, <laughs> by the time I get the one sentence they didn't change the screen preach a lot for Spanish churches. I've built a lot of Spanish churches down on the border, helped build them. And one night they were singing in Spanish, and I was clapping my hands and just I didn't know one word. And I thought, you know what, they're probably saying Brother Poe's losing his hair and getting fat, and I'm hollering, amen, amen, amen. After church, I told the pastor, I said, I didn't know one word of that choir song, either one of them. He said, I could tell. Like it when you can uh, understand. I, I mean, I'm not against the new music, but uh, whatever that new stuff, hill song stuff is, all that mess. I don't know. I think they're just writing it to make money. Uh, a lot of these songs were written t- from the heart, and they became a song. They actually were just a little poem, and they became songs. You young people need to realize and understand a lot of these old songs that weren't really built to be a song. They were a song in a person's heart. And then all of a sudden, that guy told another guy. I know a man that wrote one of them. He's dead and gone, but he wrote it for himself. And then he told another guy about it. And the guy said, man, that, put a little music to that. I believe we can sing it. He said, well, I don't know music. He put some music to it, and it came on one of y'all's hymnals, And um, they were written from the heart. And I, I like it when the, when the songs, you can tell them, you can tell what they're saying. Hallelujah. Amen. So, everybody say amen. And uh, I, I want you to understand this morning, I'm not mad at nobody about that offering deal. Sometimes I come off a little strong, but I, I drink strong coffee. I don't drink decaf. And uh, if you're drinking decaf, you ain't drinking no coffee. You're just you're messing with your head. You know, you say you're drinking coffee, but you ain't drinking coffee. Coffee makes your eyes squint, and you get a little sweaty. The other stuff just makes you think, and I just want y'all to be blessed. And I have seen with my own eyes. I didn't hear nothing about that prayer about three or four years ago, and I heard it in one church we went to. I don't even know what which one it was. And I went what, and I started reading it, and I said, No, hold on just a minute. I, I need some of that. I need some immoralties. I'm gonna tell y'all a secret. My mother died poor. After she passed, I have the letter. She didn't know that she owned an oil well in Oklahoma City. And until she passed, all five of us kids got a little letter from an oil company wanting to buy our shares of an oil. And my mother never knew anything about it. After I started praying that prayer, it says royalties. I called my brother and I said, hey man, did you get a letter from a lawyer about some oil in Oklahoma? He said, I sure did. I said, did Jill? She said, he went, yep. I said, did Jack? He said, yep. I said, they're wanting to buy our shares on three, three, three different wells. Did you know anything about it? He said, nothing in Mama's well says a thing about an oil well. And I said, well, I'm going to Oklahoma to find out what it's all about. Because right now we can do that horizontal drilling. We may be able to horizontally drill all the way over to Saudi Arabia. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. So I'm, y'all know y'all looking at me like, how much are you making off of it, brother Bo? Well, <laughs> just pray the prayer. <laughs> Amen. Let's read this night uh, tonight from First Samuel, and uh, I'm going to read the whole story, but I want to read, uh, tell you a little bit of the story first. David has been um, at war, fighting the enemy and then verse 30, or chapter 30 and, uh, and it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziglag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziglag and had smitten Ziglag and burned it with fire and taken the women captives and that were therein they slew not even either great or small, but carried them all away, carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city. Behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captive. In other words, David comes up having fought the enemy, comes back home and finds that his house, his home, his city is absolutely in ashes and everything he had worked for is gone, including his family. If you look over in verse number 8, David says, And David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. So David went, and he and the 600 men that were with him came to the book Besor, which means joy. Came to the brook where those that were left behind stayed. But David pursued, and he and 400 men. For two hundred abode behind, which were so faint that they could not go over the brook be sore. They could not go over the brook. I want you to notice that David asked for true things. Shall I pursue after this troop? And shall I overtake them? Shall I fight for it, and shall I overtake it? You may be seated. I can tell you tonight that this morning when I left, I left right after the preaching, changed clothes, and went to the room, and the Lord spoke to me. In fact, I text the pastor on the way, and I don't have good reception out here. And uh, I don't know when or if he got it. it said failed twice, and uh, of course I'm going to preach about that. But uh, everybody fails twice. But that's that's where you say Amen. <laughs> yeah. I was in a Catholic church for a second, and um, but I begin to ask the Lord some questions, and I told him, I'll see you tonight, and um, the Lord began to speak to me and tell me, show me some things that I needed to address tonight, and um, I am a person that, as you all have now found out, I've never pastored a church Evangelized for 32 years. I've traveled over a million miles preaching the gospel. That would equal, it's 24,000 miles around the earth. So you can count that up how many times I've traveled around the world if you were to go straight across the world. I have preached healing and I've preached deliverance. I've preached restoration and salvation to anybody that would listen. Probably many that didn't listen. I remember one time, it was kind of funny to me. I used to never come into church, I'd always come in the back and stand and see from behind, and the Lord would start pointing things out in the church that I needed to do, and then I would come to the platform. The reason I don't come out in the very beginning of the services, I have my own ways is because I don't want to see what's all here until I get ready to preach. Therefore, nobody can ever say, well, he was staring at me or I did something extra, and then that's the reason he's pinpointing me. I don't go to saints' houses and eat because you could see a picture or something, and they would say, oh, you saw a picture at my house, you know, and the Lord didn't tell you that. You saw that. And um, But I, I've... I was stepping in the back of this church and uh, staring at this big old crowd and there was a man sitting there and and he started messing with his ears and I was kind of looking over his head and and I kept noticing he was messing with his ears and I'm thinking already, I'm going to pray for that guy, he needs healing. And about that time he said, is that loud mouth preacher about ready to get on platform? Well, I'm standing right there and I went, and he takes cotton out of his pocket, and he stuffs pot, starts stuffing cotton in his ears. And I'm thinking he's just wanting to sit through the service. Before he could get the other side full, I just leaned over in it and I went, "Yeah, I'm about to take the platform." <laughs> uh, but uh, he, he he started trying to get that cotton out there, and he was like, ha, huh? uh, Praise God! Praise Lord, brother!" seen some strange stuff, been shot at, and stabbed before the Holy Ghost, and been shot, been, been brought, brought some guns to church before, to try to shoot me. I'll tell you about it one of these days, three times at least that I remember, and I usually wouldn't forget something like that, but I've seen some weird stuff. And uh, I can't tell you how many times I've packed a suitcase. I have no idea how I, many times that I've packed just to go and unpack, preached and pack it up to go home, just to unpack it, to clean the clothes and pack it up again. I've seen many marvelous things in my life with the Almighty God. I have seen literally the blinded eyes open. I have seen the lame that could not walk. Walk. I have seen multiple cases of deaf people suddenly grab their ears and hear. I have seen people that could not speak and never had spoke speak in tongues. I've seen wheelchairs emptied. I've seen thousands in America get the Holy Ghost. Thank God for all of those people that want to go to the Philippines. By now, everybody over there they to be having the Holy Ghost. I hear 100,000 gets the Holy Ghost every time they go over there. So by now, the whole country should be filled. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, I'm a preacher that will say what y'all think. And they asked me one time, did I want to go to Africa? I said, no, I don't need to go to Africa. I don't I have no desire to go over to Africa and, uh, and be in any of those crusades. I'm an American preacher. One time they wanted me to go to Pakistan, and I, I said okay, I will, and, and then they said, well, we'll we'll have an armed guard at the airport for you, and I said an armed guard, and they said yes, we'll have 40 men, an armed guard, and I said why will I need an armed guard? And they said well, you're white, you're going to Pakistan, and uh, and, and so they 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 will capture you and hold you hostage or behead you. And I told my wife, she said, you ain't going. I'm praying about it. And I, I said, called him back, and I said, no, I'm not going, but I got a Spanish friend of mine that I'll send over there. <laughs> He's short and fit right in. And, uh, and he went. <laughs> and uh, so I'm an American evangelist. I've, I've never been overseas, built Guatemalan orphanages, uh, but I've never been overseas. But I've seen thousands of people in America be filled with the Holy Ghost, thousands upon thousands upon thousands. And all of these are tremendous things, but I will say that uh, in, in doing all of this, it wears on you because there's another side of the ministry that many never refer to, and it's the part that wears you down. I've also heard some people say a lot of hurtful things about me. Uh, they, uh, I've never heard that I'm going charismatic. I don't use that term. The charismatics are trying to find God. Pentecostals that turn from God are backsliders. A Pentecostal that knows the truth cannot be a charismatic. They're backslidden. A charismatic can't backslide because he ain't never had it. Joel Osteen's never had it, so he's a charismatic. I've had it. If a Pentecostal preacher goes Joel Osteen's direction, he's a backslider. Can I get a witness right there? I know that Pentecostals don't want to use the word backslidden, but I've heard that I'm too bold. I've had preachers tell me, I'd like for you to come to my church, but you're just too straightforward. I've heard one time that I'm too rough, too plain spoken. Had one preacher that called another friend of mine and said, if I wanted a jokester in the pulpit, I'd have hired one. He tells too many jokes. This pastor asked the pastor that I was preaching for, he said, how many people's gotten the Holy Ghost in that revival? He said, 63. He said, How many have got the Holy Ghost in your church last year? He said, Twelve. So he said, Sounds to me like your church needs to laugh more. <laughs> Everybody say amen. Well, I thought of it anyway. But it hurt that the guy said I was a jokester because I don't I'm not I don't come up here with jokes written down on any pieces of paper. Anything that comes out of my head just comes out of my head and and if it's a joke, I just, you know, there's nothing on a piece of paper that says right here, tell this joke. I didn't go to Bible school. I don't know how to put messages together. In fact, he's already noticed that I don't hardly ever preach off my notes. I put them out there because it makes me feel comfortable. It makes me feel like I'm a preacher. Like maybe I wrote it, but I might preach it, but I might not, you know. I might go another direction. But those are hurtful things that I have heard i've i've been told that if i'd been just a little bit that i could preach better bigger camp meetings if i'd accept the new rock and roll band attitude in the church that that uh, that it, it, that it would get, open up many more doors for me if i'd turn just a blind eye to some of the stuff the, the disco lights and the fog machines and just not verbalize my stance on it that that, that it would help me and it would open up another avenue of church to me. In other words, let the church progress along with the times. I know what it's like to be in the halls of judgment and sit across the table and see the eyes of the accusers. And I felt the weight of being weary for standing for what was right and falsely accused because I stood for what was right. So no matter who you are tonight, whether it be me or your pastor or you or your neighbor, we've all felt the weight of being weary. The spirit gets weary. We we get into a place where we just don't want to put forth the effort again. Of seeing your efforts seemingly produce the same ugly results time and time again. I'm sure the apostles must have walked in these same exact shoes that I have found in my life. I'm sure that Paul must have felt somewhere along the way, didn't I already preach this to you guys before? You would be surprised how many times that I've gone, I went to many churches over 20 years, and it seemed like I was preaching the same Thing all the time to the same people it's like why are we stuck right here why can't we ever get into a stronger dimension and and and, and then go back to the hotel room and say God what did I do wrong what did I what, could I have said something different or was there a, something I missed and and then the next year go back and we're we're doing the same thing at I'm sure that Paul was in the same, Peter was in the same boat. Did anybody even hear my message? Are all the rulers in and out of the church against me? Because sometimes we feel like, is this fight worth the fight? Is this fight worth the fight? I remember one time years ago, and I'm not going to keep you long, I'm just going to keep you long enough. One time a lady told me she I'm sure God loved her. She said, "Why do you preach so long?" I said, "Why do you make me?" I had a 20-minute message, but you didn't hear it, so I preached it three times. I remember one time me and my brother, this is back in the days when we were a lot younger and crazier. And uh, I was fixing what we walked out of Dance Land USA, which I knew the owner, and, and uh, me and my brother and my band, we're, our, we're, our band was very well known in there, so we didn't have to pay to get in and stuff like that. But uh, I, was, I was going out with a very beautiful woman. I mean, she looked good. Jim Bean makes everything look better. But uh, <laughs> y- 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 y'all will catch that tomorrow. And um, so my brother. He didn't have a date that night, and I didn't have a date. I never did date nobody. I wasn't gonna pay for their way in, but um, you know, if you want to dance, we'll dance. But I ain't buying you food to get there. You know, I, I save my money, And um, cause them, them girls, some of them girls can eat. Well, they, they might look little, but when they get in a in a restaurant, they get just it's like something happens and they become a little vacuum cleaner. So I'm like, No, I'm I'm gonna be at dance land. Well why don't we go why don't we go out? And I said, Well, I'll be there and that way I didn't even have, you know, if I saw somebody prettier, I didn't have a date, I could just get up and walk off. And she said, Where are you going? I said, Over there dance with that girl, you know. And uh some of you men must have just dated one chick. And um and so we we went there and my brother walks out and he's eliberated, you know, he's drunk and there's a dude spinning tires and my brother said, now, I've got this good-looking chick. I think she was good-looking. I thought she was good-looking, at least. And he goes to these guys, spin them tires, your daddy bought them. And all of a sudden, that car slammed its brakes on, and I turned and heard my brother. And uh, this guy gets out, and he says, what? And Kelly says, spin them tires, your daddy bought them. And I looked at this girl, and I went, oh, no. And she said, what's the matter? And I said, that's my brother. And they just kept piling out of that car. There's five guys to get out of that car. And my brother's blonde-headed. And blonde-headed men are just about as... <laughs> they just have a different way of thinking. <laughs> Hallelujah. And... Uh, So I said, Kelly, come on, man. We don't need to get into this tonight. And my brother said, I got it. Well, he he don't see five guys his size. He's looking at one. Now, my, my, my decision is, is this fight going to be worth the fight? I'm fixing to get in a fight if it's worth it, and is it worth it? But if I don't get in it, then my brother's going to get tore apart. So is defending my brother worth black eyes? Am I getting across to you? Because I could have gone the other direction and went on down to eat and went on down to get some coffee but is the fight worth the fight? Let me say it again. Is the fight worth the fight? In other words, I'm not going to stand there. My choices are to stand there and not fight and watch my brother get destroyed or walk away and talk to him tomorrow about how dumb he was or I'm fixing to get in a fight to help my brother succeed. But I know I'm going to get hurt in the middle of the fight because the odds are stacked against me. So my question was, is the fight worth the fight? Is my brother worth fighting for? And my answer was, yes, it is. And so when that first guy hit my brother from his left side and And his head just went around. I took off running as fast as I could. And you always take out the leader first. And as fast as I could, he never saw me coming. I just came and hit him as hard as I could while I was running head on. That cut it down to four. But before it was over, my mouth was bleeding. My eye was swollen. But in the very end, me and Kelly were the only ones standing up. We were both hurt and we were both tired, but I had made the correct decision that the fight was worth the fight, that I was not going to let my brother be defeated and get destroyed even though I might be weary and I might be hurt, my brother's worth fighting for. Can we clap our hands for just a minute? And so, in preaching, you hear a lot of times pastors say, I don't know if they're listening. And they become weary. And evangelists become weary. I found myself in that position many times, trying to be right, trying not to be a hypocrite, trying to preach it right. There was one conference that, or camp meeting that I was up to be preaching, and and one of the guys, it was a youth camp thing, and one of the younger guys says, we don't want him, he'll tell us what we're doing wrong. And one of my friends that were on that committee said, well, that's what kind of preaching we're supposed to be hearing. Not about just how good you are, but what we have to change to be better. And he said, well, he's an old fuddy-duddy. Well, I kind of got offended at that. Hurt my feelings, you know. And uh, so I said, he called me a what? Then the old days, I wouldn't even have thought about it. I'd have just drove over there and showed him what fuddy-duddy looks like. But I looked it up, and the word fuddy-duddy is a real word. It means somebody that refuses to change direction. So I made me an usher's badge and called myself Brother Fuddy Duddy for one year. I would bring it to the platform and people would say, what is that? i go, I'm Brother Fuddy Duddy. I didn't get to preach such and such camp because I refused to change directions. In other words, the fight is worth the fight. The fight is worth the fight. I might get tired but I'm not going to quit fighting just because I'm tired because the fight is worth the fight. Look at your neighbor and say, is the fight worth the fight? I've become so weary, then worn out, not sleeping good. My average time of sleeping for many, many years, not just from preaching, was four hours a night. But there's been many nights I would go back to the hotel and see somebody's face that I saw, and I could not sleep because I tossed and turned and wondered if there was one thing I could have said that would have brought them to the altar. Preachers don't just go home and go to bed. They're always thinking, God-called preachers are thinking, how can I help so-and-so? It seemed like my prayers just didn't do any good, that all the people around me were bragging on the messages, but I I felt like that, that my messages were doing nothing but just being messages. And I had become weary, and I lost my heart and got discouraged, and I got ready just to go home. I just said to myself, it's not working. I'm getting older, people aren't listening, everybody's going this new direction, and I'm not talking about that little boy band, I don't know that that's a new direction, they're just younger people than me, okay, they're headed in the same direction, it's just younger people, I'm here to tell some people that we get weary because of the fight, when David came back from fighting. Everything is burnt to the ground. His children are gone. His wives are gone. The city's completely destroyed. So I'm sure he questioned the motive. Should I have been off fighting, maybe I should be home and this wouldn't have been destroyed. And then he went and he asked God, should I pursue? And the Lord said, yes, pursue. He said two questions to God. He said, shall I pursue, pursue? Yes. Shall I overtake them? He said, yes, you will. But then the Lord said something else. He said three things, and you shall recover all. David asked two questions. But God gave him three answers. He said, yes, I know you're tired, and yes, I know your city's been burned, and yes, you go after them, and yes, you will overtake them, but not only will you overtake them, you will destroy and recover all that you lost. I'm here to tell Wallace Ridge, It's time to pursue what the devil burnt down. It's time to pursue what the devil stole. And God is going to give you the answer number three, and you shall recover all. Is there anybody here that believes that we shall recover everybody that has left here? Why don't you stand and clap your hands unto the Lord? Now, I told pastor tonight, I said, "This, the way that I preach, I come in hitting hard. But the Lord slowed me down this afternoon. And he told me to listen. And so I did. I did. And outside of this building, you are one way. But inside... I can feel the spirit of weariness. Instead of the altars erupting in fervent prayer for backsliders, there were two people that were almost in intercession, and the rest of you were silently praying. This is not a rebuke. If if I rebuke you, you'll know it. This is an explanation. So the Lord told me to listen. And so I walked over here to the musicians. And the musicians couldn't figure out what to do. I'm just going to talk to you tonight like Brother Poe does. Y'all ain't been around me in a long time. And then I come over here and I'm listening to the people pray. And they're just mumbling. And I walk over here and I hear the same thing. And I walk back over there hear the same thing. I hear some people through here praying louder, and then it got softer. And I stood over here, and then the Lord said, go back and listen again. And I went back and I listened. Now, we're talking about your kinfolk, not mine. We're talking about your grandchildren, not mine. We're talking about your cousins and your aunts and your uncles and your grandfathers and your grandmothers and your friends at school and your friends at work, not mine is the fight, and so I began to walk back across here, and I heard it again, and I'm not getting on anybody, but I could feel, even right here, was confused on what do we play, what do we sing, did you feel it, sister, it was almost like, what do I play, what do I sing, what what, what does he need, what does he want, what does he... And I'm thinking, What's going on? Because usually magicians, they just get up and they just they get it, they boom, they're right there, they're boom, boom. But it's confused. And so I go back to the room and the Lord said these things to me. And, and investors, you're just gonna have to listen to what I have to say tonight. If you don't like it, I mean that's that's not that's just the way I preach. I hope you like it. I hope you that really doesn't matter. I mean, I mean that doesn't matter. I'm gonna preach what the Bible says. That means you're mad at God, not me. But here's what the the Lord told me to tell the church. You have been through so many battles, you have become battle fatigued. You're battle weary. Now, I might not be talking to the young people tonight because they don't maybe understand the battle that was taking place in the 90s. But some of you elders remember that there was a battle in the 90s in that other building. And that spirit has lingered for over 25 years. And I'm here to tell y'all tonight, and I'm just going to say it and make it short. Y'all did not make bad choices, and I'm saying it on the Internet. They betrayed y'all. So I'm going to say it. And if I get called in, I just get called in. Y'all did not make bad choices. They betrayed y'all. Y'all didn't betray God. Y'all are still here, and you're the ones that is tired. Can I preach this for a minute? You didn't do anything wrong, but you're getting tired because you think it's your fault, and you think, are we going to have to do it again? Are we going to go through it again? Are we going to go through it again? Is it going to happen to me again? I'm here to tell you tonight, you did not make the bad choice. You were betrayed. And I'll say it to whoever I've got to to their face. They betrayed the church. You didn't. They did. They burnt the city down. Now, what you're going to have to do is say, I might be weary of being in the fight, but is the fight worth the fight? Is Wallace Ridge worth fighting over again? Is Wallace Ridge and Jonesville and all these woods, people out there backslidden, are they worth the fight? And if they are, you ought to leap to your feet and clap your hands because you are the army that God has chosen. Somebody holler, it's worth the fight. Shake your neighbor and say, it's worth the fight. You, you can be seated. I'm, I'm, clo- I'm, I'm getting real close. To See, God, the Bible says, knows how much we can bear. But the problem is, we don't know how much we can bear. We know we get weary. And the devil sets you up to become a failure. But Jesus was even weary in the garden. He said, this load is too heavy. And if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. Now, that's the only time, I, I've got a whole thing on prayer that they want me to write on a book, but I, I'd rather teach it to the people than write the book. That's the only time Jesus ever used the word if, if it be your will. Because he was saying, this is such a heavy heavy thing that I'm, I'm carrying is this death, burial, and resurrection. He was talking as a man right there not as Almighty God manifested in the flesh. He was talking as a man saying, I'm about to be bitten, beaten and I'm about to be cut and I'm about thorns on my head and they're going to bruise me and I'm going to die. And, and, and he wasn't thinking about the resurrection. He was thinking about the pain that he was going to go through. If he had been thinking about the resurrection, he would have just said, hey, let's get it on, let's get it up and go ahead. Go ahead. But instead, he's getting wary because he's carrying this burden. And so preachers carry the burden and saints carry the burden. I remember one time I was I was preaching at a church and they were just looking at me. In fact, one time I was here in Louisiana, this is years ago. Y'all may have heard about it. I was so mad at a church for just looking at me. I brought firecrackers to church. And I told them, I said, everybody's gonna move tomorrow night. And it was I should have never said it, brother. They just locked down like we'll just show you, preacher. And, and I thought, well, I'll tell you what I'll do. And I just went out and bought me some black cat firecrackers. I brought them up to the pulpit in the, in a little big lighter, And they sit there and look at me like, you ain't going to make none of us move. And, I, and, you know, I used to do crazy stuff. And I thought, uh-huh, all right, we'll see. And so when I got up there, it was like they wouldn't even say amen. And I just lit that whole thing of black cats and throwed it right down the center aisle. Boy, that thing went to snapping and popping and everybody went to moving. All I said, y'all are dismissed, I told you. Had huge revival in that church. (laughs) One guy said, my God, he means it. But see, we get tired and the the devil knows if y'all get weary that you don't testify and you don't talk about the goodness of the Lord because you're wore out. And so, when the church becomes uh, become, uh, comes under an attack, and then you think it's your fault, or you think I should have been home, and this city wouldn't have burned, and I would have my wives, and I would have everything would have been all right. In other words, now watch what happened. There's 600 men with David when he takes off after him, but 200 of them decide in the middle of the pursuit. I'm too tired. I can't make it. I'm just wore out. And there's where I'm coming to. There's people in this church that are absolutely wore out, weary. Now, watch what the Bible says. I'll read it so you, so, so, you, so you know exactly what it says. It says in Galatians It says, don't get weary in well doing. How can you? Why would you be weary doing good? Don't get weary in well doing. That doesn't even make sense. Unless you realize that while you're doing good, you're going to be attacked from the devil and it'll be a wearisome attack. And what he's saying is you're going to be attacked by the spirit of weariness while you're doing good because the spirit does not want you to continue to do good. It wants you to sit down and shut up and have church as normal. I'm here to tell somebody in Wallace Ridge, devil, The spirit of weariness is going to lift off of this congregation tonight. Tonight. Not tomorrow night, but tonight. Anybody that is going to get delivered is going to be delivered tonight. Somebody give God some praise. You you, you can be seated. See, I, I... One night during my preaching, I made this statement, I just feel like I need to go home. People were not getting the message that everybody was interested in the Apple phone instead of a Bible. That it was just time for me to fade away. I told Sister Poe, I am weary. I was at a big, big church preaching and the church was so locked up that I literally turned to the pastor and stared at him thinking, "This, this is a real large church, but it's been under an attack, and they just aren't getting it. And at the same time, I was so tired that I didn't want to fight anymore. I was saying I'd rather just go home, go back and get a job, Go back to running a company. I ran a company, had 500 employees. I can do it again. I've built two from the ground up. I can do it again. And in my head, I was out. That's done. I'm through. That's it. We're through. I just cannot continue to do this. Folks, I have slept on the floors of the back of the churches recently at 66 years old. I have slept in places that some of you have never seen so a church can have revival. I've been paid in enchiladas and I don't even eat them. Are you hearing me? And when you go back and they've doubled, you're good. But when you go back to some of these other churches and it's still in the same old rut, that makes a preacher weary. And so I literally said to the pastor, or I said it to the saints this night. I said to the saints, I said, I'm sick and tired of y'all reacting to the message with such a non-committed attitude. You can either come to the altar or y'all can all go to hell. That's exactly what I said. Now I want you to reach over and get my little black, my little briefcase thing that I hold my Bible in. Now I carry, open it up. And you're going to see a picture right under those pins, right under these pins, right there. And I turned to the pastor. Pull that picture right there out. I turned to the pastor, and I said, I'm through. Let's go. And he turned to me, and here's what the pastor said. I'm tired too. Let's go eat. And we walked out with nobody in the altar, no musicians, Nobody, he, he beat me out, and all of a sudden, a little gray-headed lady come running across the back, sister, and she meets me at the door, which is a big old church. She meets me at the door. She said, Brother Poe, I drove six hours to speak to you, and in my mind, Pastor, I was thinking, I don't want to talk to you or nobody. I'm going home to Sherry Poe, and I ain't preaching to nobody no more. Y'all don't listen. Y'all don't respond. Y'all are, I'm tired of of the fight. I'm the one getting beat up. Y'all are the ones sitting there letting me get beat up. There's nobody up there going, hey, let's get Brother Poe. Everybody's against Brother Poe's kind of preaching. You know, we don't want him there at the camp meeting. He'll tell us what we're doing wrong kind of stuff. And so I'm hasta la vista, baby, whatever that means. I hope it's not cussing, but I heard it somewhere. I'm I'm not for sure. (laughs) Sometimes I said some Spanish words and I was cussing Mother Mary. I thought I was speaking in tongues. I don't know. And, and, and They down at the border, they told me, oh, no, 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 no. I said, what did I do? They said, you just cussed Mother Mary. I said, well, whatever. Oh, I thought it was Spanish. <laughs> I heard it in a knife fight in the 70s. Oh. But the lady grabs me and she says, I drove six hours. Now I'm wore out. I just told the church, bye. I just told the church, I'm through. Y'all can either go to the altar or go to hell. I don't care. Either way. I'm going. We're out. I'm not preaching no more. I'm sick of it. I'm wore out. Y'all don't want to fight. Y'all don't want the church to grow. You're comfortable and I'm not comfortable, and now I'm tired of trying to get you stirred up to where you can have revival, and that's my job, and I'm tired of my job, so we're leaving. And here's this lady, and she says, well, Brother Paul, I need to talk to you. And I looked at her and I said, sis, I really probably shouldn't talk to anybody right now. I've never said anything like that in my entire life. Uh, from the pulpit, that I did not want, that, 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 that I said, I, I apologize, but I'm in a bad mood. And I've never preached, I always preach angry, but I've never preached in a bad mood before. But I'm in a bad mood. And I said, when Brother Poe gets in a bad mood, it ain't good for nobody. And she said, well, I drove six hours and, and, uh, to talk to you. And I said, six hours. And she said, yes. She said, Brother Poe, don't quit. And I said, sis, you don't know nothing about me. I said, I've been hung upside down by the UPCI. I've been accused falsely by the brethren. I've been, and I just started railing on her. I said, I've had saints talk bad about me. I've had people call my wife. I've had preachers that mail my wife my, my my jail sentences and stuff, all that stuff that she didn't even know nothing about. Preachers mailed it to her brother and said, this is the man you married and we're going to blackball him. You know what I did? I just got up and preached about the list that night. You know, it was like, no, but see I had some fire in me. It was like, no I'm not going to do that. But now the fight's gone. I'm weary. And here's what she said. But Brother Paul. I don't stop. Whatever you do, don't stop. And I said, sis, you don't understand. I'm just not going to do it anymore. It's t- it's just too. And she said, wait just a minute. I came to give you this picture. And I said, well, who is that? She said, when she was, a, but my, my daughter had a baby, and you, you she was about to abort the baby, and you called her out and said, do not do it. She said, the baby was going to be born, and, 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 and it wasn't going to have limbs and all this other stuff, and you called her out and said, don't do it. And I said, oh, really? She said, yeah. And, and he, she gave me her name. And, and she said, she's supposed to be a Down syndrome baby. And the doctors told her, go ahead and abort it. But she said, but I just wanted to give you this picture. Uh, she's been accepted to Harvard, and she's 18 years old. All of a sudden, the fight was worth the fight again. Are you hearing me? I said, all of a sudden, The fight was worth the fight again. Are you hearing me? I said the fight was worth the fight again. I want you to hand this picture to that young man. That fight is worth the fight. Hand it to him and let him see it. The fight was worth the fight. I'm in a fighting mood. I said the fight is worth the fight, buddy. The fight is worth the fight, sister. The fight is worth the fight. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me in Wallace Ridge? The fight is worth the fight. She's a Harvard graduate and cause the weariness left. I want anybody in this house to understand we got to keep fighting the fight. Even if we get weary in well-doing, we got to keep fighting. Look at your neighbor and say the fight is worth the fight. You can be seated The Bible says, because in due season. You said, why did you hand that to that little boy? Because I want him to know. That's what kind of father I am. You say, well, you might embarrass your mom and dad. Tough. I want them to know. He's the only one standing up, jumping up and down like he's the only one in here might believe it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The fight is worth the fight. If the Lord did it for her, the Lord can do it for him, and we've got to fight the fight and not get weary in well-doing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You can be seated for just a minute. Let me hurry and close here. When you're constantly giving out in service after service, and you've been through the hell y'all have been through, you know, I'm not trying, all I'm wanting to do, I don't even know how to say this. I ain't wanting to get in no district trouble. All that mess. That's about the biggest bunch of bull I ever met. Who is? Thank God for that. Hillary's emails are bumping the live feed right now, trying to come through. And it's off. My God. We'll turn it on tomorrow and it'll say bleached. man, I can preach now. (laughs) I've been kind of holding back because I felt like they've been monitoring me everywhere they go. I wish they'd just buy CDs from me instead of listening. You know, I could be a millionaire. The hell this church has been through makes you tired. Since I've been been in them clubs where you walk in, you go, before it's over with it's going to be a fight tonight, and you're already weary before you go in there. It's like, man, I just wish I could just go in and, hey, play that funky middle, that white boy. Play the, and why it this could sing, playing in rock and roll band. Some of y'all heard that song before, didn't you? Y'all, some of y'all too young to hear that song. Y'all been listening to it recently. <laughs> Just know it's already going to be there. Already going to walk in and go, well, there's so and so. Man, I ain't even going to be able to party tonight. Just, man. <laughs> Kelly, watch my back. I'll be out there dancing. I can't really dance. I always had to watch, watch my back. Where'd he go? And the girl will be going, I'm here. Well, oh, I, ain't, I ain't worry about you, okay? Unless you got a knife. I ain't worried. That dude over there got a knife. He don't like me. I'm getting weary. Church comes in, sits down, preacher preaches. We're weary. Why? Do we make the right choice this time? Are we going to have to go through this every 20 years? It's my fault. I voted yes. And the city got burnt down. I can, I can assure you, brother, that when David came back and he saw his city burnt down, a million questions went through his mind because he lost everything, including his wives and children and his city. In other words, he was a vagabond. He had zero except 600 tired followers. And the Lord said, David began to pray and said, shall I pursue and shall I overtake? And the Lord said, yeah, you shall pursue and yes, you shall overtake, but you're going to recover all. So in other words, even though it looks like you're weary and you feel weary, if you'll keep doing what I'm telling you to do, all will come back And now watch what I'm going to end with. And when they did and they brought back all the spoil, they came straight back to the 200 weary ones. They came straight back to the 200, sister, that just said, I can't go anymore. I'm tired, brother. I love y'all, but I'm more out. I can't make it. And one dude said, we ain't going to divide the spoils with the 200 that didn't fight. And David said, no, 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 they lost wives and children too. So everything we get, they get. In other words, everybody that left this church that comes back is going to get the same kind of revival that they left. Are you hearing me? When this church is packed out with backsliders, they're going to feel the same glory of God that they felt. Before they're going to get the same healings, they're going to get the same deliverances, they're going to get the same anointing. Are you hearing me right now? Is the fight worth the fight tonight? Look at your neighbor and say, Is the fight worth the fight? I remember being so tired. One revival lasted four months. I had one revival last six months, one last five months. Week after week after week. But this one church was so locked down by the enemy that I got so tired. and I was getting attacked from every side. I don't preach like everybody else. I understand that. And, and, and if, if anybody understands it, I wish I could preach Better and prettier and all that. I I I do, but I can't. I tried it. It don't work for me. I can't read my messages. I I can't I I can't do it. And so I get criticized because of this and that. And my children don't live for God. And then they start to hit me for that. And, then, and and then he travels by himself. Where's his wife? Let me tell you how dirty it can get. I had one person call my wife and said to her. And didn't know I was there. And I just picked up the other phone. And this individual says, what do you think he's doing in them hotels by himself all the time? You know his past. You know what that individual was doing? Trying to mess with my wife's mind. That was the devil. And I just cut right in. I said, devil, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. In other words, shut up and don't ever call my wife again. The reason I don't travel with my wife is she's afraid of airplanes. And we've got kids at home. And she's lived in the back of churches where rats were. Now we have a beautiful home and she don't have to sleep on the floor like I just got through doing. That's my business. And sometimes driving, she does go with me but she ain't going to get up in no airplanes. She's got a great ministry. She just don't like to fly. But see, the devil knew I was tired, and the devil knew I was wore out, and the devil knew I was under this attack and that attack. And so that, that revival, the pastor said, come on, let's go. And, Pastor, I was so tired, I just got right here under the pulpit, and I said, Brother so-and-so, I don't even want to leave. I just want to sit under the pulpit. He said, what's wrong with you tonight, man? I said, I'm tired and I'm weary. I'm wore out. I've been giving them my all. And I said, you know what? It just keeps on coming. Bucket after bucket after bucket after bucket. Sinners aren't listening. They don't even believe in hell the uh, saints aren't listening. They don't believe in hell or heaven. They just sit there because they're Pentecostal. They don't believe in healing like they used to. They don't believe in shouting like they used to. They don't believe in dancing before the Lord like they used to. They don't believe in being rejoicing like they used to. They don't believe in screaming and hollering like they used to. They're dried up and they're wore out. And all I want to do is just sit under the pulpit, just turn the lights out. I just want to be alone with the Lord for a little bit. I'm tired and I'm weary. The pastor came on the other side, and we scooted over together and started leaning on the pulpit. And he said, Poe, you've been preaching for me for over 20 years. He said, I'm as tired as you are. But if we give up, the devil beats us. And we can't give up. The people might not be listening, and the people might not be responding. But I'm not going to let the devil take over Dallas, Texas. There's going to be somebody. I'm telling you tonight, Wallace Ridge you've got more power than you think you do the devil is afraid of this church that's the reason he's attacked y'all so hard is because he's afraid of y'all is the fight worth the fight tonight David said we're going and we're going to fight and we're going to take it back David could have just said, you know what? I got the Amalekites chasing me, Saul's chasing me, Mediath's chasing me. I got 600 men. I've lost everything. I'm tired. I'm just going to give up. I'll go over here with my 600 men, take over a little territory, build another castle, find me another woman. Do some raids and get some money, start all over. Somebody else can take over Ziglag. You know why? It's just not worth a fight. I had a lady from this state years ago tell me, she said, Brother Poe, there's a lot of people getting the Holy Ghost, but my husband will never have the Holy Ghost. He's just a pure devil. And I said, as long as you think he's a devil, he'll never get the Holy Ghost. She said, why? I said, because you treat him like a devil, not like a lost soul. She said, well, you don't live with him. I said, no, I don't. And I don't really know how he lives with you. If you're always treating him like a devil. I said, tell him Brother Poe invites him to church. She said, he he won't show up. I said, tell him, Brother Poe, you know, sometimes you've got to tell somebody, like, you know, when your lips are moving, you're not listening. And, and t- So I, I interrupted. So, to tell him Brother Poe said, I'd like for him to come to church. Hadn't got anything to do with you. You just relay the message. Now, if it had been a pastor, it would have been like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine was like, shut up. Guess who appeared in church the next night? Sitting on the second row. I walked out to him and I said, "Hey, you're supposed to have a devil." I said. He looked at me and I went, "No, you ain't got no devil. You're just hard-headed." I said, "Do you want the Holy Ghost?" He said, "I don't think I can have it." That's all I've ever been told. I looked around at the pastor. He went, "No way!" I didn't say it. I'm thinking, dude. And I looked around to her, and she hung her head. And I said, "You can have it right now. Come on." He got up, walked up here. I said, "Raise your hands, start repenting." He did. In about five or six, ten minutes, whatever it was, I said, "Now receive the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues." He immediately began to speak in other tongues. You know what? The deal was, she was so tired that she just gave up. Well, we didn't give up, and now he's got the Holy Ghost. Wallace Ridge, I know there's some people in here tonight that's very tired and you're very weary, but we're going to pray, and God's going to restore your strength tonight. Tonight's the night that if you want your strength restored, you're going to be able to go through this fight. Now be seated one last time. Think about those 400 now. When they go to fighting, their arms are just as tired. They just got out of a fight. Their mind is warped. They just got out of seeing that they lost everything. Their vision. But now they've got to get mad. See, you can't come to church happy all the time. I mean, these people walk around here going, I'm happy all the time. Well, that's your own pills. Let's face it. Taking them things every four hours. I used to be happy all the time too. I went to have an adjustment on my back because my back's been messed up real, real bad. Y'all know don't y'all don't think it is, but I just barely can walk. I got a ten unit and everything else, back brace and everything else in the room, and uh, I went to get the an adjustment. and The lady says my, I, have, I have real thick muscles from working out and used to play. You know, I worked out for the Dallas Cowboy football team in the '70s and all this stuff, and anyway, fighting and all this. I have real thick muscles, so she couldn't, she couldn't uh, adjust me. Well, I can't. It's hard to get my back to pop, and uh, so I'm witnessing to her. And she said, "Have you always been this tense?" And I went, "No, no. There used to be a time I was real relaxed." And she went, well, "When was that?" I said, "Well, for about 25 years on the rock and roll tour, I was real relaxed all the time." And she said, I thought you said you was a preacher. I said, well yeah, well, yeah, that was before Christ, you know. And I said, but I was a rocker. And I said, uh, she said, have you ever been pain-free? I said, oh, yeah, yeah, I've been pain-free for those 25 years. I mean, I never felt nothing. It'd be like, hey, your hair's on fire. It's like, oh, okay, somebody put it out. My hair literally caught on fire one night. And I told my brother, man, it's getting hot in here. He goes, your hair's on fire, dude. <laughs> I said, which side? Put it out. Got too close to pyrogenics. They went off kind of like a Michael Jackson moment, you know. It's like, ah, look at there. It looks like his hair's on fire. And I was going, man, smoke on the water and fire on Gordon's hair, fire on Gordon's hair. (laughs) I'll sing a gospel song one of these days, and when the rest of them can get up. And. And so she said, Have you ever been pain free? And I said, Yeah, for 25 years I walked around pain free. Didn't even know nothing. She said, Well, well who's was, who was adjusting you then? I said, Crystal meth and coke. And she went, What? I said, Crystal meth and coke, alcohol, red haired sesame, Acapulco gold. I said, I used to be a rocker, man. I said, But the Lord saved me. And I stepped out, and guess who's sitting in the lobby? or a girl that got the Holy Ghost under my revivals. And I turned around and I said, my God, here's somebody out here that knows me. And the little lady that come to try to adjust me come out there, and the girl's going, he was a bad man. He was a bad man. He's telling you the truth. He was a rocker. He was a real one. But 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 ever since God changed him, I said, I'll just go ahead and let you testify to her. I'm going to go on. See, the thing is, even when I got tired, the Bible says, restore yourself. David said, he's going to lead me beside some still waters. He's going to let me drink. He's going to lead me to a pasture. He's going to set up a table before my enemies. In other words, I'm telling Wallace Ridge tonight, now I know you're tired and I know you're weary, but somebody's finished to get delivered tonight. You're going to be able to feast upon the table of of the Lord tonight in the presence of your enemy. God's going to deliver you from your weariness and us that aren't real tired, we're going to back you up and we're going to pray for you till you find your strength back. Somebody holler amen. Now, now if you are weary and I want us to be honest, we can't have the revival that we need to have if we're not going to be honest. The Lord said, quit trying to pursue out there and heal in here. So if you are weary, if your spirit's weary, I want you to rise and come to the front. Now, there's two two things. If you're weary, I want you to rise and come to the front, but I don't want you to do it out of pity. I want you to do it out of anger. I want you to say, I'm sick of it. And the second group that doesn't come up here because you're not weary, I want you to wait because then we're going to pray for the ones that are weary and we're going to all see the revival the Lord told us we'd receive. Do you hear what I'm saying? So if you, you are weary, your spirit's tired, You're like David. It looks like everything that I touch turns to ashes. I want you to stand, no music, and come line up this front. And I want you to do it very quickly. I don't need, we're not going to need a a 12-minute whatever altar service. You know if you are, and you know if you're not. And if you are, then we've got to help you fight. Because some of us now, Pastor, I guess what me and you talked about right before church in front of nobody must be true. Because look how many weary people are in this church. And now, let's, Brother Pose, not mad. I'm very glad that you came forth. Just keep, just keep lining them down that way. Because weary people need somebody to help them fight. And weary people need somebody to lay hands on them and let them get strength back. Do you realize how much joy was in those guys that 200 of them are sitting by this creek that never fought? And do you realize how much joy they must have felt when David came back with everything that they lost, plus everything the enemy had, and then said, We're gonna we're gonna divide it with y'all. The tired ones. Can you imagine just hearing we're gonna divide it with y'all too? That immediately put joy into them. It was like, I didn't even I don't really deserve this. I didn't fight. And David said, Oh, but you do. Because what's this? Because I consider you, even in your weariest state, still part of the army. And the next fight, I'm going to need all 600 of you. And I want you to know, all you out there, here's what David was telling the 400. We're facing to finish. He was telling the 400, one of these days, you might be here. And if we beat them, you'll want some of the spoils. So you surround the ones that are tired and give them something. Because when you get tired, they're going to surround you and give you something. Because we're 600 strong. We're 600 strong. We're not just going to leave you weary. Everybody in the congregation, I want you to stand. And we're going to start praying about a Holy Ghost move of God. And the people that should be fighting aren't fighting, can't fight because they're weary. And we got people in the choir that's weary and people playing the music that's weary and people on the keyboards that's weary and they're trying to do the best they can. It's because the devil came in and said, the easiest thing for me to do to stop revival in the Jonesville area is divide Wallace Ridge. So I'll just split this. My Lord, if I'm, if I'm looking at it right, this is just about a church split. There's about as many in the altar as there are out here. Do y'all see that? Brother, do you see that? Now, my question is point blank question. Do you just love these guys or you just like them? You love them? Is it worth the fight, sister? It It is. Is it worth the fight? It is. Is it worth the fight? It is. Is it worth the fight? All of these ladies are worth your prayer and fighting. Is it worth the fight brother? Is it worth the fight? Is it worth the fight sis? Ooh. Is it worth the fight sister? Is it worth the fight sister? Is it worth the fight young people? Is it worth the fight young man? Is it worth the fight sister? Is it worth the fight brother? Is it worth the fight? I want to sit here some men. Is it worth the fight? There's some of your buddies up there that you didn't even know was weary. You thought they, because they're high-fiving, coming in and talking. To them, but here they are now. They're admitting their spirits wore out. And their spirits were, Are is it worth you going up there and interceding on them and praying? Do you want them to win? Do you want them to get back what the enemy stole and more? Yes, sir. I do. Yes, sir. Is it worth the fight over there? give me some high fives, is it worth the fight, amens or no, then what we're going to do is we're going to see, I can see your spirit's bowing up. See, that's what, that's what kind of people we got to have. See, you got that spirit on you like right now. I didn't know that was just all this was going on in this church like this right here. I know all my buddies were messed up. And, it's, and, and I can feel when I walk by you, it's like, we're take care of this. you got the same spirit on you. We finna take care, well, I can feel that we're finna to take care of this. So when you walk up behind it, singers, I'm asking you over here, I'm, I'm asking everybody, is it worth the fight for these ladies? Because you're not just fighting for these ladies. What you're really fighting for is the next time you're weary and you're standing there, these ladies then are going to turn around and say, she fought for me. Bless God, I'll fight for her. She fought for me. Bless God, I'll fight for her. In other words, they ain't gonna buy it. we ain't going to separate this church and divide this church. I want you to start praying for people. Now, honey, I need you to come out of these pews and you start praying for people right now. And you rebuke the spirit of weariness. Young people.